0: requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Game Notes podcast. I'm Dave DeFore and I'm here... As I am every single week with my partner in crime, Tony Jones. What's up, Tony? I got a question for you. Uh-oh. I got an answer, I think. You do have an answer? I hope. Okay. I like to answer is this. this podcast this
2: week a must win? I mean, every, every podcast is a must win for me. Every podcast? I thought this was one of 82. Not for me. No.
1: I, I, I can't do that. I, I can't mail it in. It's not one of 82. I've got a little bit of that Donovan Mitchell mentality here. Tony. Okay.
2: Okay. So what we're saying is, you know, treating this with urgency. We make this podcast better. That's what we're saying. Theoretically. Yeah, that's
1: what that's what we do theoretically. Yeah. The Jazz had a had an interesting week. Um it went exactly the way I predicted, you know. They they lost a couple of tough games to to Dallas and and to Phoenix. But they bounced back and I thought this was a huge win and and you wrote about it. And, and Donovan Mitchell called it A must win. Last night you called it a must win. Now, let me ask you, because uh, look, I know the whole one of 82 or 72, as the case may be this season, it is a mantra and it helps get you through the season. But I think when you start to play games against teams who are in the playoff race and and in Portland's case, trying to get home court advantage, same with Phoenix, and, and you do suffer a couple of losses, it is a huge win to bounce back. Like that's important especially after losing two straight for a team that, you know, has been dominant a lot this year. So, yeah, I'm fine with that, man. It is it is a must win. You got to beat the good teams.
2: You know, Donovan said, hey, this is a must win because, I mean, obviously Portland is a good good team. I don't think if this were the same situation, but, you know, they were playing like Detroit or somebody or Orlando or, you know, one of the other lesser teams, I don't think they would have looked at it in this same light. It was Portland, so, you know, it was a good team. Damian Lillard, obviously. CJ McCollum, obviously. You know, it was one of those games where it's like, okay, we've lost two in a row. We don't want to lose three in a row. We look at ourselves as a team that has a chance to win an NBA championship, and NBA championship teams just, you know, they don't go on prolonged losing streaks. so we need to stop this streak right here. And I think that that was what donovan was referring to and, and and talking about and he's right in that sense mm-hmm. like i agree with him 100 so for those new to tony jones i've gotten into so many twitter you arguments. never do must win yes twitter arguments every year Hey, you know one of you know jazz somebody in jazz twitter would be like this is a must win tonight and i would quote tweet that and i would say no it's one of 82. and then everybody would be like Okay, so this is a must win because this, 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 this. And I'd be like, no, this is one of 82. So when Donovan Mitchell last night, when I asked him, I said, hey, you know, was this an important win for you guys? You know, he said, quote unquote, oh, it was a must win. And Donovan inadvertently kind of poked fun at me a little bit. And, you know, so, you you know, as a reporter, you know, you got to be able to poke fun at yourself a little bit. So I thought that that was a really enlightening answer for him in terms of, you know, what the mindset of his teammates were. And then when Mm -hmm. he said it and you go back to how the Jazz played last night, they absolutely played like it was a must win. Like they had real energy. That was the That was a second game of a back to back. That was a third game of four nights and they played their asses off last night
1: it would have been easy for for us to excuse a loss right uh second night of a back to back like you said third and fourth nights uh they had just played two tough games against the Mavs and the Suns I mean that Suns game going to overtime so for them to gut out a win like this I think says a lot and I don't know that this team would have won a game like this last year this is a tougher team mentally
2: yeah it was really a tough team you know mentally it was one of those kind of the buck stops here games I mean it's really hard to have the kind of energy that the Jazz played last night with on a third game in four nights, especially after that back-to-back was kind of knockdown, drag out overtime, drain your legs, possession by possession, playoff atmosphere game that the Jazz had with Phoenix. And, you know, for instance, if you look at Phoenix last night, they played with real energy in the first half against the Los Angeles Clippers. They took a lead in the halftime. Game was close after three, and then their legs died out in the fourth quarter and they lost by double digits, I believe, you know, so it would have been easy for the jazz to do that. Instead, you know, they, they play a really, really, really good second half defensively. They turned three point halftime deficit into a big lead by the end of the third quarter, and then by the fourth quarter, they were up by 25. And they looked like the team with more energy than Portland did. And it's hard for a team to do what the Jazz did under the circumstances that the Jazz were in last night.
1: Let's talk about the Suns game a little bit, because I, I do think that it's it's instructive, especially as we start to think about the playoffs, because they are fast approaching. And, and I think Utah has expectations that our Western Conference Finals are better, I would expect. I mean, does that sound about right to you, Tony? This is a team that I think is going to see it as a disappointment if they don't make it to the conference finals, at least. Yeah, I I would agree. And that road is going to potentially go through Phoenix, man. I mean, they are really, really good. And they're a matchup, you know, not a nightmare, but they're a matchup problem, I think, for Utah, especially when you can get DeAndre Ayton to play the way that he did. They destroyed Utah on the offensive glass. And it's funny to say this because Utah is, I wouldn't say that they're not a physical team, but to say that they got out physicald inside is pretty rare. And Phoenix was able to do that. Every single time Gobert got caught on a switch, the shot goes up and Ayton was inside getting an offensive rebound as, as Gobert was pulled away. I think that that's a concern for Utah. Giving up those second chance points when, you know, basically Gobert needs some help. Someone has to help him rebound. They've got to figure that
2: out. So, you know, I I think the, the biggest thing with Phoenix is, and I said this a couple of days ago, you have to beat them in the first 43 minutes. Because if you get them to the last five minutes and this is a close game, Chris Paul makes them, you know, maybe the most clutch team in the league just because he's Chris Paul. So it's hard to beat them in the last five minutes. It's hard to outclutch them. And that was the main takeaway from Wednesday night. Also, you know, you were right. I mean, you know, Rudy Gobert gets caught in the switch. Now, I think if you're a Jazz fan, I think that the good news to take out of this is that the Jazz are capable of guarding Phoenix on switches, which is something that I had a question about. I thought that the Jazz were really good guarding Phoenix on switches. But that was only on the initial shot he still kind of get the rebound <laughs> and yeah. you know that's that's where the game was lost
1: well a lot of people saw it as attacking rudy gobert when it was literally this is just normal pick and roll defense you get the big and, and you know utah wants to give up the mid-range shot and even to chris paul that's still the mathematical choice you're not giving up the basket but you got to give something up and I thought Rudy did a good job of defending in the mid-range. He, he made Chris Paul work. And Chris Paul hit some tough shots. But Chris Paul missed a lot of shots, too. Otherwise, Aiton doesn't wind up with all those offensive rebounds. So, you know, I just think people should watch the game a little bit differently.
2: Rudy did a great job. Derek Favors did a phenomenal job. Both of them on switches. And then the Jazz weak side didn't get bodies on Aiton and mm-hmm. they got a ton of offensive rebounds. Here's the thing. I thought the Jazz didn't play well on Wednesday, and they were still right there. Yeah, I think the Jazz are better than Phoenix. I think if they got into, if those two teams got into the series, to a series, I think the Jazz would win.
1: I don't know that Aiton could replicate the performance he had the other night, right? Like, I mean, he's a young center, so that right. shouldn't be taken as like shade or anything like that, but uh, I thought it was one of his best games. Of his career.
2: You know, it was one of his best games. He played great. Devin Booker played great. Chris Paul was out of this world. And the Jazz were, you know, a couple of rebounds away from winning the game uh, while shooting basically 25% from three-point range.
1: Exactly. If they hit a couple more shots. It doesn't even go yeah, to overtime. So it
2: doesn't. You know, and this is on the road. And, and I know the season series is 2-0 Phoenix. I, I just think the Jazz are better in a, in a, in a in a seven-game series.
1: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Well, let's talk about Donovan Mitchell just a little bit because, I mean, he was insane in that game. And and really, his shot-making this year when Utah is struggling, it just seems like Donovan's been able to crank it up a notch. I mean, he's obviously averaging a career high in points, but he's shooting the ball pretty well, especially given the the uptick in usage. He's getting to the basket. The playmaking is good. Are, are we not talking enough about Donovan Mitchell in, in the larger sense of the NBA? And I'm not saying he's going to make all NBA because there are too many guards this year that are just having – insane seasons like what do we do with steph curry you know let's talk about all nba okay do you think he should be on the short list because team success doesn't matter for that right so you've got you know you got matter. bradley beal yeah but it's it's an individual award though like this this one in particular though. okay
2: so let me ask you this okay so who's guaranteed do we have six guys who are guaranteed six guards who are guaranteed to be on all nba
1: i think dame James Steph, Steph, James Harden, James Harden, Bradley that's Beal. Three. I think Bradley Beal is a guaranteed. Lot. He's, he's leading the league in scoring. I can't see him not being at least third team All NBA. Okay,
2: so that's four. So who? So who are the next two?
1: Well, I mean, I think Chris Paul is going to get a, on the list. I think he's going to get a ton of consideration. He's been really good I this agree. year. And, and Chris
2: Paul's numbers don't matter as much as other guys. Right. So his impact in the way Phoenix wins mm-hmm. matters. Right. And reputation too,
1: right? Like that. That's and I'm not saying that he's getting it that he'd be up there solely because of reputation, but he has the reputation where he's seen as an All NBA player perennially. And then you know he made it last year. I think he's. I think Chris Paul is likely to make it. So there's like one spot left. So is that Kyrie Irving? I would take Donovan Mitchell over Kyrie.
2: So who is there? Anybody else that that we're forgetting? Probably. Oh uh, yeah, less, no. we're forgetting Luca. Oh, well, but is probably going to be a, a forward, right? No, nah, he's going to be a guard. Plays 100% of his minutes at the point. I mean, I'm, I'm not
1: arguing that he's not a guard. I'm saying he's going to make it as a guard. What did he make it as last year? I should have been prepared for
2: this. It's an interesting think piece. Yeah,
1: that is interesting.
2: And I just look at Bradley Beal, like, I, you know, obviously how good he is, but I just... Don't know that you can, as much as I love Bradley Beal, I just don't know that you can reward a guy and put him on an All-NBA when his team right now is 18 and 32 and they're in the Eastern Conference. And that team has him and Russell Westbrook on it. I just don't know that you can reward that.
1: Yeah, I don't know that the Russell Westbrook thing is really that big of a deal.
2: Although Russ did make third team last year. I look year. at the Wizards, and obviously they went through, a, you know, they went through a whole bunch of adversity this year. But mm-hmm. their talent is better than eighteen and thirty two, one hundred percent.
1: By the way, you're right. Luca was was a guard last year. I couldn't remember that. Yeah. So Donovan Mitchell probably not going to
2: make it. Probably not. I, whether Mitchell makes it or not, I probably wouldn't put Bradley Bill on all NBA. Interesting.
1: Do you what do you do you feel like we just aren't talking about Mitchell enough in the like upper crust of the NBA cuz it's pretty clear to me that he's in that, you know, second tier. Like he's not on the LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard level, but I think he's just below that at
2: this point. Do you think he's on the Dame Damian Lillard level? At this point?
1: No, I think Dame is up
2: there with, with those other guys. Kawhi okay, so Dame's and on the first level. He's a tier one guy, yeah. Tier one. So what level is Donovan on? Uh, who else is in tier two?
1: I would say Chris Paul is a tier two player. Now, I, I think Chris Paul obviously has got more experience, but from an impact perspective, I think him and Donovan Mitchell are pretty similar. Devin Booker is getting close to tier two, the way he plays. Tier one guy is a guy that you know can be the best player on a championship team. But I think Donovan Mitchell could be the best player on this jazz team if they win a championship. And a lot of that is because of Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley. You know, they've got a great team around him. But I think that he is a much better player today than I would have giving him credit for six months ago?
2: I think the, the difference between Donovan Mitchell and a tier one guy is Donovan to me right now, he's going to dominate what, let's say, let's put a rough estimate at it. He's going to dominate 70% of every 10 games, right? So every so out of every 10 games, seven of those games, he's going to dominate and three of those games. He's going to ha- he's probably going to have a tough time, right? So, a tier one guy dominates 9.5% of those games. You know, he might have a tough time for a half, but no matter what, even if he doesn't shoot well, he's still going to dominate the game in any way. Like, LeBron, Kawhi, Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, like, they might have a half out of every 10 games where, you know, they suck, but they're still going to dominate all 10 of those games. So Donovan has to get to the point where he's dominating nine of those 10 games. But right now he's dominating seven of those 10 games. Like for instance, this week, right? Like he dominated on Wednesday and he dominated last night and he had a really tough time on Monday.
1: Well, he's getting, he's getting the reputation stuff, right? End of games. He is hitting so many big shots and people are expecting him now. Yeah, that's kind of where that whole the momentum starts. You know, this guy yeah. becomes that next guy that he's going to be. And I think Donovan's getting that. The, the people are paying attention to the big shot making out of him in a way that you know. I mean, it's this started what a year and a half ago? Would we say mm-hmm. maybe two years ago when he started stepping up in big moments, being able to not just not be scared to take the shot, but to be able to actually make the shot. You know, now down the stretch, Donovan Mitchell is just. He he's just not scared. We saw so much in the bubble, and it
2: it's carried over in in large degrees. I think this season he is terrific. And you know the game has slowed down for him. I thought what he did against Portland last night. You know, for instance, right? Like he just controlled the game from the opening possession. He comes out, he scores nine you know nine quick points in the, in the opening minutes. Sets the tone right away. He doesn't wait for the offense to come to him. He doesn't feel out the game. He goes to the game and he takes the game by the throat. You know, that's superstar stuff right there. And he had five rebounds, four assists. He played really good defense. Like, you could tell there was a little something extra there last night. And, you know, Damian Lillard was on the floor. CJ McCollum was on the floor. Rudy Gobert was on the floor. Mike Conley was on the floor. Donovan Mitchell was the best player on the floor by a wide margin. You know, for him to do that, you know, off of coming off of the 41 point game, not only is that like, you know, great stuff, you know, in terms of being a great player, but that's a leader. Like, yo, this game really means something. So go show it, go put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, you know, go dominate this game. And that, that's what Donovan Mitchell did.
1: All right, Tony, let's uh, let's talk about our picks a little bit. I, you know, unsurprisingly, I had a perfect week, you know, I was five and oh in my picks and, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to thank the Academy. I think Tony um, for helping me get to this point. We're now tied on the season at 33 and 15. So we're both doing pretty well. Do you
2: remember the movie Click? Where Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler,
1: remote movie? Yes. Where he had the, the wife that was way too good looking for him?
2: Yes, Kate Beckinsdale. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so remember when, you know, he got the promotion and he went and spent all that money And Mm -hmm. you know, he bought like bikes and stuff home for the kids with money that he didn't have. That's what I did last week for my children when I took a one game lead (laughs) on you. When I, I took the one game lead on you, I was like, oh, you know, that $400 steak dinner that I was gonna have to pay for, I'm not gonna have to pay for it anymore. So I went and bought the kids. You know all types of stuff and everything. So now, you know that I lost the game. I got to bring all of that merchandise back to the store because we're tied again. Good.
1: Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I want your kids to be unhappy and sad because because I'm gonna beat you at this. Good. They'll they'll learn a lesson from it, Tony. Uh. So okay. They. You know. I, I predicted the two losses, and and you actually were right there with me, and you switched, and I tried to talk you out of it, but you know now here we are. We're tied. And we're taking next week off because I'm taking a vacation. So we're going to pick six games. And, so, I mean, who knows what the, the second week looks like. Um, but it's Kings, Wizards, Thunder, Pacers, Lakers, Rockets. And so if there were ever a time for me to take a vacation, this is the perfect time, Tony, because I think they're going to go 6-0 and uh, because none of those teams are any good right now. What's the lineup again? Kings, Wizards, Thunder, Pacers, Lakers, Rockets.
2: Um, the Lakers could have Anthony Davis back.
1: Potentially. I'm, I'm guessing that they won't, and I'm going to say that the Jazz are going to win. Now, again, this is, we're, we're predicting those way out.
2: Even if they do have Anthony Davis back, they're not going to have LeBron James back, which is the real thing. And, um, Anthony Davis is going to be on restricted minutes. So it's still going to be hard for him.
1: Yeah, the Lakers are going to be just trying to get those guys to the playoffs, basically. So I, I think that they're, the Jazz are about to win six in a row. I think I'm going to predict
2: five and one.
1: Who do you got them losing to? Trap game?
2: I think they lose one of those games to the Lakers. I just think... You know, both of those games back to back in LA. Anthony Davis plays one, they get a boost, the Lakers get one. But I I I do think the the Jazz went out beyond that.
1: Oh wait, it's seven games, because I actually I missed that, that they were playing the Lakers back to back. So it is seven games. So I'm gonna I'll give them the first yeah, yeah. I'll get I'm with you there. I'll give them the first game and I'll say they'll lose the second game. Now watch me get those backwards.
2: So Kings, Wizards, Thunder Pacers. What am I missing? There's one between before the Pacers. Nope, that's
1: it. Kings, Wizards, Thunder, Pacers, Lakers, 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 Rockets. Lakers, Rockets. Yeah, that's six and one. Yeah, and, and and the thing is, like, none of these teams are very good. But also, we have to remember that we're now officially in tank season too. So teams are just. I mean, they've pulled the plug. We got right. we're we're playing basketball right now. Like, there's about two weeks left in the season, and there's about five. So it is it is going to look
2: kind of rough i think we're looking at the young guys we're playing the 10 gay guys we're trying to see who we want to bring back utah scheduled the rest of the way even beyond this this easy
1: week or two weeks they've got then minnesota twice sacramento again then we've got one game against phoenix maybe a tough game against the raptors two games against san antonio a game against denver and then i mean it's just like then they play portland they've got a cakewalk to the to the playoffs Do you think they're going to start resting guys and and start making sure that, hey, all these nicks and bruises are healed by the time we get to the playoffs?
2: Not unless they clinch, but let's see how Phoenix comes because they have that seven game stretch. They have a seven game stretch where it's, I think it's Milwaukee, Boston. Philly, Brooklyn, Knicks, Jazz, Clippers. Not all in order, but that's the seven-game stretch. So they're going to have to play great in that seven-game stretch.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking. I'm trying to find the magic number for them to clinch, and I think it's 19. 19 right now is the magic number for for whatever that means because I guess they're too close. To, uh, Phoenix is too close. But, you know, it, it could it could happen fast because of how easy Utah's schedule is coming up. And like you just mentioned, how tough the Suns and Clippers kind of have it. Yeah. But I think this is, I, I think we can safely assume that they're going to keep that one seed. Yeah. They have the yeah.
2: easiest schedule. I mean, it's so easy. After Wednesday, everybody was like, oh, well, Phoenix could catch Utah. A Phoenix could catch Utah. I'm like, it's not going to happen. Have you seen Utah's schedule and have you seen Phoenix's schedule? You yeah. That schedule is not going to happen. When they went through February. And they had that great record against that brutal schedule. I mean, there was just nothing left because there that, that schedule was just so loaded in February that there was, you know, there there were just there was just no gauntlet for them to go through left because the the gauntlet was the entire month of February. We'll
1: start previewing the one versus eight uh, Utah Jazz versus Golden State Warriors after the Warriors win their playing games. We'll start previewing that in like two weeks. <laughs> Is that a scary Warriors. matchup at all? Is that a scary matchup at all? If
2: the Warriors somehow do this, no, Jazz will win in five, like really easily.
1: Well, there we go, and uh, that's going to do it for this week, folks. Don't forget, no show next week. We'll be back the following week, and we can find out that Tony and I are still tied on these stakes. We're go- we're going to take it down to the wire, Tony. If we're tied at the end of the season, I'm going to come out for the playoffs, and we will. I don't know. We'll we'll play horse or something for it.
2: If we're tied at the end of the season. We're going to, yeah, we're going to play horse and we're going to have it recorded yeah. and we're going to podcast it. And you're going to lose.
1: That's, that's even better
2: for me because this predictions I have no control over. You're going to beat me in a game that involves shooting a basketball?
1: Tony, you know I teach people how to shoot a basketball?
2: I don't care who you teach and what you <laughs> teach. You're going to beat me at a game that involves me shooting a basketball impossible okay well i
1: guess we will be finding out uh so we'll get video of that if we're tied but i'm not planning to be tied with tony jones i'm gonna win this contest and uh yeah that's gonna do it for this week we'll be back in two weeks for tony jones i'm dave defour and this has been the game notes podcast